Tough is the only way to describe it. The Grizzlies had it at their fingertips. They were right chance to escape Golden State with a 2-2 series, but things fell apart late. We're going to talk about that and the unfortunate news with Job Morant coming up on Locked on Grizzlies. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Lock on Grizzlies. I am your host, DeMichael Cole, coming from you. Uh, tonight, and uh, I'm, I'm riding solo uh, without Sean Coleman today. But, man, what a game. What a tough game. Uh, the Grizzlies, they had it. That's all. That's all you could say. They had it right on their fingertips. They were right there. A chance to make it a two-two series, going back to the FedEx form, and it slipped away late. The Grizzlies were either tied or led for all the way up until the final minute. Forty-seven point five seconds left. Steph Curry, forty-five point seven seconds, I believe it was. Steph Curry goes to the free throw line, makes two free throws. That was the first time Golden State led all game, and they never trailed again. But thank you, first and foremost, for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen. Make sure you're subscribing, you're commenting, and you're listening to whatever uh, platforms that you like to listen to your podcast on. We are everywhere. We are everywhere. Uh, but today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. So make sure you're checking out prizepicks.com and using that promo code LOCK. Use the promo code NBA. Or go to your app store and download the app today. So Prospect, it's a daily fantasy app made easy. So the story of this game, I mean, there are a lot of stories from this game for a loss. More than anything, the Grizzlies are now down 3-1. They're in a tough position. But there was a message after the game. Taylor Jenkins, uh, Kyle Anderson, uh, you know, Tyus Jones, they all said, look, you can't win all three of them without winning one. So they're going to take it game by game. Next up is game five. They're focused on trying to get that one win. But, man, it's hard not to look at this game. It's one that slipped away. Get this series in totality. Game one, the Grizzlies were right there. Now you add on game four, the Grizzlies are down 3-1. One basket either way. In two different games, they could be up 3-1. That's how close this series has been. That's how tough this is. Not to digest for the fans, but for the players as well. You know, they tried to uh, keep the, as Jaron Jackson said, not too high, not too low. But he also, you know, he admitted, you know, he was mad after that game. We hardly see, you know, Jaron Jackson as frustrated as he was after that game. But he was very frustrated. And, and quite frankly, it's it's very understandable. It was a winnable game, and there was no John Morant. So let's touch on that because at the end of the day, the Grizzlies played, played you know, they played well enough to win. Uh, defensively, strong effort. After allowing 142 points, 
uh, the Warriors shot 60 plus percent from the field in game three and just got whatever online. They had a field day. Taylor Jenkins, shout out to him, shout out to the Grizzlies coaching staff and the players for making the proper adjustments. And man, they made things tough on Gold State. Some of those guys did miss some shots. Clay Thompson, uh, Jordan Poole, Curry did miss some shots early on that you you probably expect them to make from time to time. But overall, the defense from the Grizzlies was tight. They were communicating well. There weren't a lot of those, you know, switches where two guys go to one player and one guy's left wide open. We saw a lot of that in game. Uh, the Grizzlies, from a communication standpoint, they were on cue. The problem came in the last three and a half minutes. Golden State did not make a field goal in that time, but Golden State had Steph Curry. They were able to get to the free throw line, and they were able to win the game. It says it's 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 quite that simple. Whereas when Golden State ramped up its pressure, and this is what I thought even coming into this game, I, I felt that the Grizzlies had a good chance of winning uh, that game. the Grizzlies going to go to? Who is going to be the guy for Memphis when it comes down to it? In the end, that answer, there, there wasn't one. There wasn't one. Jaron Jackson Jr. got the ball two times against Draymond Green. Didn't didn't finish. Uh, Dylan Brooks took some shots, you know, in that last minute as well. Uh, didn't finish. But at the end of the day, that's where they missed John Morant the most. You, you periodically missed them throughout the game, but they survived all the way up until that last three minutes where you, you know, you think back all this season long where John Morant has his, his phone up to his, you know, ear and he's saying call 12. The Grizzlies couldn't call 12 this time. John Rent sat on the bench, you know, in his in his uh with his hoodie on and, and he was he was helpless. There was not much he could do from the bench. But speaking of John Morant, since we're on the topic, uh being in school, I was there at shoot around, and I've been here uh all week long, you know, as these these last couple games, just seeing how Job Morant is progressing and and they listed him as doubtful before game four. But as someone who was there, I never thought there was a chance he was going to play. Uh, for one, he has a very noticeable limp. John Morant is, is not, you know, walking very good. And I guess the doubtful listing, because, you know, you hear the joke, you know, around Ja uh, and his teammates like to say, you know, he heals like Wolverine. Maybe they thought a, a good night rest and, you know, he would feel a lot better. And there was a chance, I mean, the slightest of possibilities. But here's where the concern comes in, I think. We took Taylor Jenkins before the game, and he mentioned the MRI. He said that, you know, there was an MRI taken. He did not want to re reveal the results. MRI on John Moran's status. After that MRI, he said that, you know, after he didn't reveal the results of that MRI, he said that the Grizzlies, you know, basically uh, were going to get the team doctors involved in, and, you know, they would go from there, which basically sounds like a second opinion. You get an MRI, the MRI says one thing, okay, now let's see what the team doctors say, and let's go from there. 
I don't know how you take that as a good sign because if you get the MRI and you see it's it's really good news, then why not share the good news? Oh, you know. Now, granted, I guess the rebuttal to that would be that oh, well, Taylor Jenkins in this entire playoff series, he has been you know very sheltered in terms of rotational things. You know, he's been very sheltered about who's going to be the starting. Uh, center, you know, Steven Adams, Xavier Tillman, or how many minutes is this guy going to play? How many minutes is that guy going to play? Is this guy expected to be in the rotation today? He's been very sheltered with that information. And that was the same way with John leading up to, you know, him being out for the game. So you could say that, but as I saw John walking, it's, it's, it's hard. It'll be hard felt for me to say he's going to be back. So now it's, it's, it's about, I think you have to approach assuming John Morant does not play. That's that's where it is right now. Of course, you know, there's going to be hope there. But there's just not a lot of time in between these games. There aren't two, three days off in between games anymore. Uh, the Grizzlies will get right back to it tomorrow. And then if there's a game six, you get one day off in between, and you're right back to it uh, traveling out to San Francisco. So, it's it's just not a lot of time off right now. And with that being said, there's not a lot of time for John Morant to get ready. And I think that matters in this discussion. You you just don't have a lot of times so that you just you just can't plan on having him in this series. Well, let me tell you something you can, you know, make plans on, and that's prize picks. So NBA fans, you're looking for a daily fantasy option out there. Look, Prize Picks, because Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Uh, one thing I personally love about Prize Picks, so you can pick two to first and pick an over and under. And on the projections, you can win up to 10 times as many on any entry. So Prize Picks, it's available in the App Store. It's available in Google Play. And you can... Uh, you know, make prize picks, wager on things like rebounds, points scored, uh, steals, all of that, uh, blocks. And it's not just NBA. What about the MLB? You can do the same thing for home runs, for hits, and for walks uh, with MLB. So prize picks has an exclusive offer for all the users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. That's it. Just a single point. Point. All it needs is a free throw. So all you need to do is use the code NBA. So that's right. This is an exclusive offer to locked on NBA fans. Use the promo code NBA to take advantage of that exclusive offer. And another exclusive offer that we have for you here on Locked On Grizzlies is Athletic Green. Athletic Green, where, where, where are the healthy people that out there? Because one thing I've added to my rotation, you know, as I try to fix up my health is athletic greens. And the thing about athletic greens is you don't have to take all those vitamins and supplements when you have athletic greens. One scoop of athletic greens is all you need. And I mean, it gets you right. I mean, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, uh, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics to help you get your day right. Right, this is a friendly option as well. It's costing you less than $3 per day. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it's recommended not just by myself, a professional journalist, but by professional athletes too. 
So a subscription with Athletic Greens comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which we know comes in handy most during those months. But you can take advantage of it as the seasons get a little bit warmer, too. So Athletic Greens, take advantage of that as well. So, yeah, we're on our second segment. We're going to talk about Dylan Brooks. The thing about Dylan Brooks is he he's one of those players, you know. You, you take the good with the bad. You just hope the good outweighs the bad. Well, in this series so far, the bad, whether it's shooting, whether it's, you know, being suspended for a game, it is far outweighed the good, which is usually his deep. Dylan Brooks had a bad game offensively in this game. And, and, and a lot of points to touch on it because we're not just going to talk about Dylan Brooks's game. But we're going to talk about, you know, what his teammates thought, what his coaches thought, and even more. And even more because there's a lot to dissect here. First, let's start with his game. Dylan Brooks was 5 for 19. Dylan Brooks uh, – was five for 19 and Matt add he was four of 18 until, you know, a last second uh, three point heave, you know, when time was, you know, as the buzzer sounded at the end of the game where there was no anything, but tough, rough shooting night. He made a couple big shots in the fourth quarter. I believe at one point he was two of 12, maybe two of 13. It, it was a rough go for Dylan Brooks. He ended up being number one trending topic on Twitter last night. Simply because of that, he he was the guy who you know basically took the fall in this game. Uh, a lot of fans questioned his shots. A lot of people uh, questioned his his final shot. His final shot, uh, his second to last shot, I believe it was with 53 seconds left. He he got the ball. He got a three point shot. Uh, Ty's Jones passed it to him, and and he let it go, and it did not go in. That was the last time the Grizzlies led. 53 seconds left. Dylan Brooks shot a three-pointer. Golden State went up the next possession, got free throws from Steph Curry, and that was it. So he's the fuck. But but before we, you know, keep going, I mean, you know, Desmond Bain dealing with the back injury. Uh, I did spot him sporting some sort of uh, back pad, some back protection he was wearing uh, during halftime just to show you that he's not 100% right now, Desmond Bain, that is. Uh, during halftime as he came back to the court. So there's that and his struggles. There's Brandon Clark, who was a monster last series, basically disappearing. And, and, uh, and there, I mean, there's a lot to take away before you just solely put this on, on Dylan Bruce. Kyle Anderson, for as great as he was, he struggled at the free throw line. I'm looking at the stat sheet now. Uh, Kyle Anderson was great. 17 points, 7 of 8 shooting overall, 2 of 7 from the free throw line. 2 of 7 from the free throw line. I mean, you look at Kyle Anderson free throws alone. He makes a couple more of those free throws. The result is different. So there are a lot of things that you can picky, pick pick apart in this game, but everyone wants to focus on Dylan Brooks because, you know, the 5 of 19 shooting and, quite frankly, the confidence just he had to keep shooting despite missing so many. Well, 
that confidence comes from the team. Tyus Jones, you know, after the game, I was I asked these questions. Uh, Tyus Jones basically said the Grizzlies have a free-flowing offense. That's why, you know, they let the league in transition points and things like that. So you take the good with the bad. A lot of these guys have ultimate green lights. That's why Dylan Brooks is pulling up in the transition. We saw a couple times in game four, Zaire Williams, he's a rookie. But he even has the green light to pull up in transition like he did and, and pull up for a floater in transition like he did for and make those type of plays. And Dylan Brooks does too. So a lot of these guys have the, the green light in transition to get a favorable shot and let it go. Don't think twice. That is something that is a part of this offense. Uh, the downside to that is there's probably a reason why we see them struggling half court a lot because they try to get out in transition and take advantage of those scoring opportunities as much as possible. But after the game, Tyus Jones, Kyle Anderson, Taylor Jenkins, they all rallied around Dylan Brooks. And what I got from it is you segment I've seen Grizzlies fans talk about the shots that were being taken by Dylan Brooks, his teammates kind of went to bat for him. So I liked Kyle Anderson to the game. I said, you know, what was your message to Dylan Brooks when he was struggling from, from the field? And did his exact words. He said, we live and die with him taking and making shots. We have confidence in him that he's going to, to knock down. He's done this for us all year. You can't get upset at him when the ball doesn't go in for him because when it's going in for him, we're a really good team. We all just let each other know to keep shooting. We want him to stay confident and keep being aggressive. Those are Kyle Anderson's words. That's one of the veterans on this team. He's one who has a you know a very notable voice on this team. And he's one who, you know, the players trust um, you know, his 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 thoughts. And another thing, here, here is Taylor Jenkins, the head coach. He was asked, you know, why. Quite frankly, why did he, you know, keep playing Dylan Brooks, who played 39 minutes in his game despite, you know, all the shots he was missing? And he said, yeah, I got a lot of trust in him, and I loved what he was doing defensively. He had a big three, big two late in the game, just ball wasn't bouncing for him the majority of the game, but got a lot of trust in that guy. That's Taylor Jenkins speaking on it. I even followed up after that later to ask Taylor Jenkins another question, a little more direct, just how did you feel about Dylan Brooks's shots today? Taylor Jenkins said, yeah, he forced a couple, trying to get his groove back. Obviously, he's been off for a couple of days, but when he was playing with force under control, I loved the playmaking that he had. His playmaking was great tonight. So he went out of his way to point out, you know, Dylan Brooks as a playmaker in this game, which I thought was quite interesting because – uh, Dylan Brooks is one who has said he wants to, you know, be a better playmaker. And he did have eight assists. He led the team with eight assists, but he also led the team with four turnovers. So how much of that is really good playmaking is the real question. But here's the other thing I want to say. I, I want to say this, too, because Dylan Brooks takes a lot of slack. And we just saw, you know, his teammates stood up for him. Here's another thing. A lot of and say, you know, Dylan is struggling. Take him out. Take him out of the game. Take him out of the game. Who are you going to put in the game who is going to make those shots? Or who 
like Dylan Brooks, isn't even afraid to take them and put the team in favorable situations down the stretch. Here's the thing with Dylan Brooks. Yes, you get some iffy shot selection, but he's one of those guys on this team that's a shot creator. He can get to good spots and evident by his eight assists, he can make things happen when he penetrates. How many guys on this team can do that if you take Dylan Brooks out the game? John Morant is already out. So if you take out Dylan Brooks, more than likely Zaire Williams is his replacement. Zaire Williams, for as great as he has been as a rookie, and I am of the opinion that, you know, maybe he should start next season once he gets another summer under his belt and all of that good stuff. Um, as great as Zaire Williams has been, we have not seen much shot creation from, or him – be even put in those positions to do that. So you put him in the game, you're bringing in another guy who's going to spot up and shoot. De'Anthony Melton would be another option. Again, another guy we've seen spot up and shoot, maybe take one dribble and shoot the basketball. Desmond Bain would be your usual go-to guy at the guard position. He's hurt right now. Desmond Bain is not healthy. Four Grizzly starters scored in double figures. You know which one did not score in double figures? Desmond Bain. Eight points, only eight shots, three of eight shooting, two or four from three-point range. He's just not as healthy right now. With that being said, Tyus Jones, he's a table setter. He actually did some great work in that game, creating shots for himself, 19 points. But if you take out Dylan Brooks, who's, who's going to create? As we saw, when the Warriors ramped up that defense in the last three minutes of that game, things got tough for the Grizzlies. And Dylan Brooks, I mean, whether you like it or not, he's one of your best options at creating things. If he makes, he looks really good. If he misses, he looks really bad. But at the end of the day, you don't have a lot of other guys who can create in those situations. So that's that's why you keep Dylan Brooks in the game. Another day, he's probably going to make them. And, you know, you just live with it. But, you know, there's, that's, a, that's enough about, you know, Dylan Brooks. One guy I want to talk about as well is Jaron Jackson, who really showed some signs of some nice shot creations from himself, but he showed flashes of a really dominant player in this game. I thought Jaron Jackson was strong. But before we get to Jaron Jackson, I want to talk about Bet Online. See, with Bet Online, uh, this is where you go to get your bets bets available right now and i mean we're talking not just the nba we're talking mlb we're talking combat sports uh that means mma and everything in between i mean you never know bet online that that last fight canelo alvarez how about that he lost uh a big upset a lot of people went to bet online and took advantage of that opportunity. So make sure you're doing that as well with Bet Online. Uh, great opportunities for everyone. And it's the best options available out there for this Grizzlies team as well. We were seeing the Grizzlies numbers have been up and down, and so have the Warriors. So make sure you take advantage of Bet Online as well. Some of the best bets, some of the best opportunities out there to take advantage. Bet Online. So Jaron Jackson Jr. in this game, just watching him, I was impressed. For one, I think he brought it on both ends. 
I mean, uh, the Warriors, they they switched a lot. They put him in a lot of positions. He was in positions against uh, Stephen Curry. He had to guard Klay Thompson. He even had to guard his former high school teammate, Jordan Poole. Go check out my story at commercialappeal.com about Jordan Poole and Jaron Jackson's as teammates. I, I wrote about that. And a lot of good, cool stories inside of there. They were roommates. Uh, they they used to freestyle music together, and they really taught each other a lot in the game of basketball. So go check that out at commercialappeal.com as well. But Jaron Jackson was put in some tough positions, and he showed some signs of some dominance. His overall numbers in this game, 21 points, 7 of 21 shooting, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. But – let me tell you um, one thing we saw in the in the press room after the game. Uh, Jaron Jackson sat down. He looked at the stat sheet kind of just like I just looked at the stat sheet, and he shook his head. It was very visible. So he was asked, "So Jaron, why 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 did you shake your head?" And his response was, "He looked at that O of seven. Jaron Jackson was 0-7 from three-point range in this game. So 7-21 of shooting. You take away those seven three-pointers, he was 7-14. of But he was 0-7 from three-point range, and you could just tell that that gutted him. That gutted him. It hurt because he was money in this game. Inside, he made some really tough baskets. I think uh, with Otto Porter Jr., the, the – the Warriors went to him, and, and I mean, he was big. I mean, Otto Porter made four three-pointers, scored 12 points off the bench, he, and he kind of replaced Jonathan Kaminga, who started the game as well. He was very big for them, but it seemed like Jaron Jackson realized he had a mismatch against Otto Porter, and not only did he attack him once, not only did he attack him twice, he kept going to the well and – I know for a lot of Grizzly fans out there, that was refreshing to see. Because how many of you, I mean, I, I, I know I know so many Grizzlies fans who have said, Jaron Jackson, just stay aggressive. He'll show those flashes, and then it, it disappears for a few games. This game, I think we saw some dog in Jaron Jackson Jr., straight-up dog. He led the team in shot attempts for one, 21 shot attempts. And he got the call late. I mentioned, you know, he got the ISO on the right wing against Draymond Green. And first he misses the shot when he's driving to the basket and he shoots the short mid-range shot. When the ball rims out. This is what the Grizzlies are down one in, I believe, the final uh, 30 seconds of this game. The ball rims out. And, you know, asking Jaron Jackson about that after the game, he just straight up said, look, I just missed it. You know, when an NBA player says that, and this is basically what he said, too, is, you know, he got to a spot. That's a shot he takes. It's not like some random shot he was forced to take by Draymond Green. He took a shot that he likes, just missed it. Sometimes it's that simple, just like John Moran in game one, when he gets that driving layup to the rim around Clay Thompson. He's made it plenty of times in that situation. Just missed it. So it's it's tough when you look at it like that. But I think there are some encouraging things, you know, uh, from Jaron Jackson Jr. Really want to see how 
that carry over that carries over into this game five because he is a mismatch. He's six eleven. He's playing the four in these games, and and shout out to Stephen Adams as well. Uh, he's someone I've lobbied for to start once he got back at the health and safety protocols, came back in game three, only played close to six minutes of garbage time late in the fourth quarter. In this game, Steven Adams, 10 points, 15 rebounds, 27 minutes, best number of them all, plus 13. And so I saw someone, some people saying, hey, you know, uh, Taylor Jenkins should have went back with Steven Adams late in the game. Uh, he didn't go with Adams. And I and I know, uh, I just feel like Taylor Jenkins kind of second-guesses himself on Adams in those type, type situations. One, uh, he hasn't closed games with the Grizzlies pretty much all season. Brandon Clark has been the closer in this particular game. Even over Brandon Clark, Kyle Anderson was getting the call because of how good he was. But, yeah, uh, Steven Adams was really good in his game as well. But Jaron Jackson Jr., five block shots, two steals, 21 points, did not make a three-pointer. That itched at him more than anything. How does he build on this? 7 to 21 has to get better. It will get better, you know, just naturally if he if he's attacking the rim like that, he doesn't have to settle for seven three-pointers, I don't think. There were a couple times later in that game after I saw him get to the basket, and we're talking about he shot eight free throws, so even sometimes he was getting fouled. Draymond Green finished with five fouls in this game. Who drew the fifth foul on him? It was Jaron Jackson Jr. when he was driving to the basket aggressively. Now, it was a challenge play. Could have went either way. But it was Jackson being aggressive, forcing the issue that put Draymond Green in that situation. And he settled down the stretch. You know, I think Taylor Jenkins thought uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. got fouled on that late three-pointer. Uh, he's looking forward to seeing the uh, two-minute report in that one. But Jaron Jackson Jr. said it himself after the game that maybe he settled, you know, late, knowing that Draymond Green had five fouls. But keep an eye out on Jaron Jackson Jr. When we talk more about game five on tomorrow, that's going to be a big part of this conversation is Jaron Jackson, can he build up on this performance? Because that's the best thing. Um, you want to see from him at this point. He realized he was dominant in his game, and he kept getting the ball. Will that continue in game five? That is a major question as well. But uh, we appreciate you for listening to Locked on Grizzlies. And before you go, do not leave just yet. Make sure you make your second listen, Locked on NBA. That's where the Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insights and analysis affecting all 30 NBA teams. But we thank you again for listening to Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host, DeMichael Cole. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DeMichael C. Uh, Sean Coleman will be joined with me tomorrow. We're going to discuss all the good things, all the bad things, and preview what will be the biggest game of the season for the Memphis Grizzlies, down 3-1, but back at home in the FedEx form with an opportunity to keep this series alive. 
But we appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. Until next time, I'll see you later.